Becoming rich toward God. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Well, my friends, it's Monday morning, but this is kind of a special Monday because we are coming into the week of Thanksgiving here in the United States, which for many of us means a three-day work week and a long weekend. And so hopefully this Monday catches you in better spirits than most Mondays. Uh, Today we're moving on in Luke's gospel. We're still in chapter 12. And today we encounter a teaching from Jesus. It's a parable Uh, that's commonly called the parable of the rich fool. And it uh, it gets triggered by uh, the question that someone asks him while he's in a crowd teaching. And it's an interesting question. Uh, This person uh, is in a family situation where there is an inheritance to be divided between two brothers. And... The brother asking the question is obviously feeling like he's on the short end of the stick. And he asked Jesus, because of his authority, uh, to tell his brother to divide the inheritance with him. And it's interesting to see what that question triggers in Jesus' response to him. And we'll get to that in just a second as we begin our study in the Word. Uh, But before we get into the word, let's go before the throne. Oh, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for a restful weekend. I want to thank you for your presence in my life this weekend, Lord. This week in the past, I can look back and see your hand at work. And I thank you for your hand of rest this weekend, Lord God. It was precious. And uh, Lord, I pray for all of us as we come into a new week that we would surrender our moments to you that we would look with expectancy on these days, uh, hoping, Lord God, that we would not just see your hand at work, but join you in the work uh, by responding to the situations you put us in that might have um, opportunities for us to uh, present our witness or to talk about your goodness uh, and to share the gospel with others. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see uh, as we read your word today. But also give give us ears to hear and eyes to see the moments that we find ourselves in this week and that we would make the most of them for your glory. And uh, we give you thanks, Lord God. You're faithful to lead us. And we ask all these things in your name. Amen. All right, this is Luke chapter 12. Uh, We're going to be in verses uh, 13 through verse 21. This is what Luke writes. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. Uh, The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then Jesus said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, 
but is not rich toward God. This is a powerful teaching, my friends. There's a lot to say here. We are simultaneously uh, members, if we're in the United States or other Western cultures that are capitalist-driven, we're uh, inheritors of a cultural uh, situation, of a political system that allows for uh, tremendous success. And it seems that as people's wallets grow, their need for God diminishes. Have you seen that before? That as a person's wallet grows, their need for God diminishes. Uh, I find, even in my own uh, career, that I have to resist the tendency in my own heart to move toward trusting my money more and trusting God less. And it takes some discipline. Um, but for me, it doesn't. it's not too hard because I have a system in place uh, that helps me remember. And that system is to go back in my mind's eye to times in my life where things were really lean and things were really uh, scary financially. And to remember in my spirit and in my soul and in my heart how good and faithful God was at providing in those very difficult days. And as I go back in my mind's eye and into my spirit and into my heart and remember those moments and remember God coming through and, and keeping my car running and, and providing just enough food and just enough money to get by, I remember with such gratitude how good he was and how faithful he was and how true he was because I do not want money to become an idol that diminishes my faith and my trust and my dependency on God. And how quickly money and wealth and resources become a trade-off for trusting Jesus. And that's precisely the thing that Jesus is confronting here. He's confronting a spirit of greed as well. But he's confronting the trust that people put in money. And he says very clearly uh, in this passage in verse 15, Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Now, in this culture, there definitely seems to be something about pursuing uh, belongings. It seems people fill their homes with belongings. And the notion of traveling light, of uh, having and using what you need until you use it up, is not something that most people think about. It's not a value for us. It's It's not a concept that we value. It's not a practice that we value. And so... We don't practice it. Instead, we buy more than we need, uh, thinking we will use it, thinking we uh, will find it useful. Uh, And really, it's just our wants, our desires are out of control. And we're not satisfied with getting by with the necessities. We want more. Now, I think a person can have a good and abundant material life and not give way to letting that control them and possess them and become an idol for them. But I will say this, it's very hard. It's very hard. But Jesus is very clear. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Life is not about accruing more and more and more and bigger and better. Life is something else. Life itself is a gift that we are given, and we are to and when we are to shepherd that gift, we're to manage that gift, to steward that gift in a way that blesses and honors and glorifies God. 
And I wonder uh, how often money trips us up from doing that very thing. So Jesus teaches a story and he talks about a rich farmer who has had such a bumper crop that he doesn't know what to do with the harvest. And he already has full barns from previous bumper crops. And so the thing that makes sense to him logically is to tear down the barns that he has now and build bigger ones so that he can stuff it with more stuff. It's so packed full that after he builds it and packs it full, he sits and thinks, you know what? Life's pretty good. I've got plenty of grain laid up for many years. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry, kick back for a while, and enjoy the blessings that are rolling into my life. And Jesus says, what a foolish way to look at life. What a foolish way to look at life. Because you don't know when uh, your final breath will be. You don't know when your final moment will be. You don't know when you'll your heart will give up working or your uh, body will uh, stop functioning or when you'll be in an accident or when some terminal diagnosis will come your way. And so to think that you can just kick back, eat, drink, and be merry, and you're good, you're done. don't have to be a witness anymore. You don't have to share Christ with anybody. Uh, You've done what you're here to do is a foolish way to live. Jesus warns him sharply that that attitude... Uh, will um, wind up surprising you uh, because you don't know when your final moments will be. There's a scripture in the Proverbs and Proverbs one, th- or, sorry, in Psalms one thirty nine, uh, where uh, in the midst of that Psalm, David is having a wonderful reflection on God's knowing of him, and he says that God knows him so well that he knit him together in his mother's womb. There's also a verse in that passage where David says. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And so what he's acknowledging there, that's really a statement of surrender. He says, Lord, there's nothing I can do to extend my moments here, and there's nothing I can do to shorten them. Um, You have appointed my days. You are sovereignly in control of the moments of my life. You are sovereignly in control of my days. And how many of them are I have or how little of them I have is entirely up to you. And the same is true for us, my friends. And so how are you using your moments? I think that's the message behind this passage. How are you using your moments? Are you busily working to store up grain so that you can kick back and take it easy when you hit 65? Or are you thinking about each moment through the lens of your faith in God, through the lens of His purpose, through the lens of His calling on your life? I would say it's so very important that we shift to the latter because far too many of us are working for the former. And we're going to miss out on God's grand purpose for our life and we will wind up wasting our moments here if we're not careful. And I think that's why Jesus teaches this teaching. And so, my friends, I want to encourage us to seek an attitude of heart that would teach us how to become rich toward God. When God blesses you, it is not primarily for your own benefit. It is primarily as a tool so that you can benefit others. In the same way that the Lord said to Abraham so many years ago, that I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing, that you're going to be a great nation so that you can bless many others. When God blesses you, it is for a purpose, and that purpose is that you might bless others. And so I want to challenge all of us to look at our attitude toward our possessions, toward our wealth, and our attitude toward others, and to see if we have an attitude of generosity and, and gratitude that represents a spirit 
of richness toward God. And I'm challenged by this as well, my friends, today, because I know there are times when I do not. And I know there are times when I think too highly of the pennies in my bank account and not enough of God. Let's make much of him today. Let's allow his spirit to convict us where that is necessary. And let's learn how to become rich toward God. May God bless you today. Thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful day.